Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Trey Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. Shane, what's up, bub? How you been, man? Uh, Life treating you fair? Yeah. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Vacation. Vacation? Wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> we have uh, three episodes left after this one. Yep. Getting down to the nitty gritty. Okay, wild. Three episodes till 75. Been doing this for a hot minute, buddy. If you had told me how to hit 75 episodes with this, I would have called you a liar. I'd have gave you five to seven. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Real vote of confidence hey, for you. To be honest, though, I had like five or six done before I even put out the first episode. Yeah, you hit. Yeah, I think you done it smart. Yeah, stockpiled and then just release. I like that. It's kind of how I'm doing it get right a, now. Get a gauge. Yeah, get a feel for everything. I got a busy summer, man. So just I tell that's why I'm telling our guests, like it's gonna be a little bit when this comes out, but it's coming out. So we just gotta have all this dump ready to go while I'm gone. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You're yeah. a planner. I can't do that. I got to live day to day, minute by minute. Well, yeah. Should probably we talked about that about last it. time on here, how the, the past and the present and the future mm-hmm. and got got all deep yeah. and stuff. Happens. Yeah. I think you can live all three and be a happy person. I mean, I'm sure you could. Yeah. But anyways. I hadn't got to that brain level yet. So we have a guest yes, with us today. We typically do. Typically, we got to pass the jar with somebody. I mean, if we pass it back and forth, we've seen what happens when it's just you and me passing the jar. It's going to get off the rails. We get in trouble. That is true. With my wife. <laughs> Try to climb on a counter every once in a while. She walks in, Shane's standing on my counter in my very top cabinet. She's just standing there. It's one thirty a.m. She's pissed off because she's got to go to work the next day. Hell, you know. The yeah. boys are buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> so, our guest today is Zach Baker. Bring him in. Zach is the man that brought my favorite band of all time to Jasper, Alabama. That's Whiskey Myers, if you are new to this show. <laughs> uh, I freaked the hell out when he did that because first name popped up and I saw Whiskey Myers. I was like, you, you, this is fake, fake yeah, news. No chance. <laughs> Whiskey Myers coming to Jasper. Like, how did they make this happen? Well, guess what? We're going we're gonna to talk about him. We're going to dive into that. He's the talent buyer for Foothills Festival. That's got to be a it's going to be a heavy job. He also a had a good music career with the band Vallejo. Okay, so we're going to talk about that too. Zach, welcome to the Thunderdome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So, give us a little bit of background on who you are, where you're from, where you grew up, all that good kind of stuff. Um, I'm from here, born and raised. Um, I moved out to uh, back in let's see, '97. Moved out to California. Chasing a girl, uh, didn't work out. Uh, had my buddy actually had a band going on here. Um, it's kind of a blues rock band uh, called Coupe Deville, and the guy's name is Chris Chamnus, who has passed away now. But he called me and said, "Hey man, we need a singer and a guitar player." Um, I said, "Well, this ain't working out, so fly out here and ride back with me." And I'm my ass is I'm back down. in Alabama. So <laughs> came back to Alabama. We toured for a while, and then. Um, I had the opportunity to move to Austin, Texas to play in a band called Ultrasonic. Um, We were on the record label um, uh, called Matchbox Records. And um, two of the guys were in the band that were from uh, uh, Mars Electric. I don't know if y'all remember the band Mars Electric that was from Birmingham. Y'all may be too young. Yeah, my band. It was like 2000, 2001. But they were on uh, Sony. And then um, oh, I was getting in the skillet around, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, I Jacob Button was the lead singer okay. in Mars Electric, and um, 
So we, I did that for about three, four years, and um, uh, I'll skip back to the agency part as far as my music. Um, so uh, Chris Simmons, who now plays guitar for Paul Thorne, who I got the gig to play with Leon, the legendary Leon Russell, he played with for about eight years. I was repping, representing Leon out there in Austin. And then uh, uh, so Chris moved to L.A., uh, to play in some band. I can't remember what it was. And then um, I, I started playing around with a couple other bands. And I and when Ultrasonic broke up, I called Alex Vallejo. Um, and Vallejo was a, one of the biggest rock bands in Texas at the time. And um, I called him and said, hey, man, we got a van and a trailer for sale um, and a bunch of equipment. You know, anybody wants it. He said, what happened? I said, well, Chris is moving to L.A. He's like, well, what you would you be into coming and playing guitar for us? And I was like, holy shit. You know, I used to cover y'all songs. So, uh, it's come I said, full circle. And I'd just gotten married. And I said, and I knew how much they toured. And I said, well, let me run it by my wife. Ironically, I met my wife, my first wife, excuse me. You better cut that out with, <laughs> with this new one. Um, I met my first wife in Corpus Christi, Texas with Ultrasonic. We were opening up for Vallejo and she was there saying Vallejo with Julie Vallejo, uh, the brother's sister. So anyway, I asked her, and she said, well, hell yeah, you got to do it. So I did that with them for about three years, and um, uh, at the same time, I started an agency back in um, 2002 in Austin, and I represented the legendary Leon Russell, and then um, for about 10 years, and he passed away, um, and... uh, then I moved to Nashville and went to work for uh, went to work for a company called Buddy Lee Attractions, and they represented their flagship artist was Jason Aldean, um, oh. and their next their next up and coming artist that they were so excited about was Florida Georgia Line. Mm, man, they were playing at Tin Roof for twelve hundred dollars a night at the time. This was in two thousand twelve, and what was so funny is this is tell this can. This tells you how much I know about what's going to be the next new thing because I'm an old ass now. <laughs> um, I, I would be in my office at Buddy Lee Attractions, and they're just pushing Florida Georgia Line, pushing them, pushing them, pushing them, all, you know, spending all their time. I was like, why? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm the new guy here. I was like, but I don't know why y'all are spending all your time with these guys. Nobody's going to give a shit who they are a year from now. <laughs> Oh, I said nobody's gonna give a, nobody's gonna care who they are a year yeah. from now. I'm telling you, it's it's a joke. So how do you two feel year, about two the, years later they're making 1.8 million dollars a night? I was gonna say, how do you feel about the the theory that uh, Florida Georgia Line kind of changed what country music became from that early 2010 era up to even now? Still, the whole thing's sickening. Yep, that's how I feel about it. It's sickening. Um, you know, I I will say this. I know a guy that works works with them, and I hear. You know, even though they, they, to me, they're just a bunch of douchebags. I mean, I met them. <laughs> yes. But, but um, one thing I, found, I, I did hear about them is that everybody in their crew and anybody that works with them and anybody in the band, because they're both married, if they find you cheating on your spouse or your girlfriend, your ass is out. Hmm. So I, I found that, that pretty darn commendable. Yeah. 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 Um, you don't get that. You don't hear about that on the road. No, not the road I was on, anyway. Yeah. Um. But um. Uh. 
uh, yeah, so I stayed in Nashville for about a year and a half and hated it. I just, it just, it was just, it was kind of everybody, you know, it was hard to make, really hard to make genuine friends. It's like, you know, if you were in the industry and if you didn't have anything to offer somebody and if you couldn't, you, if you weren't a stepping stone for somebody else, just like, well, okay, let's go to, let me go talk to this guy that works for, you know, William Morris or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it just, I said, you know what, to hell with this. I'm tired of traffic and bullshit. I'm going back to Alabama. (laughs) So I came home and, um, and just started playing again constantly. Um, I toured, um, I've just, I've just been doing acoustic gigs, but, um, um, God, that's, that's really, as far as me playing, that's my career. Um, what got you into being an agent though? Uh, funny you ask, I was playing with ultrasonic and by the way, ultrasonic was an incredible band. Um, the best band I've ever been in. Um, we played, you know, toured all the, all over the Southeast and Texas and played city stages right in front of, um, earth, wind and fire. Dang. Uh, um, pretty heavy company. Yeah. So the way I got into it was there was an agent that came to see us. Uh, we were playing this big place called the pier on Lake Travis or Lake Austin. I can't remember which one it is. And this guy pulls me aside and he seemed kind of shady in the first place, but <laughs> we were, we had a, we, we had a band on the side that was a cover band called the Tupperware statues. And it was all the same members that was in ultrasonic, but we switched instruments. I was the lead singer and we tried to fool people, but we didn't, <laughs> yeah. but that was the only way we could really make any money to fund the merch and the van and the trailer and the equipment and all that kind of jazz because playing original music, unless you were somebody like Vallejo or, or the toadies or in Texas, somebody like that in the rock scene, you know, you were making nothing. So, um, he came to see us one day, um, at the pier and he pulled me aside and he said, you guys are really great. I, I can, I can, I can, uh, I can keep you guys busy and make you some money. I said, well, you better because if you don't, I'm taking my ass back to Alabama because I'm starving. I'm yeah. really starving <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm getting to the age. I mean, I was, I was in my late twenties, but, um, I said, and so he said, well, why, why don't, in the meantime, why don't you come to work for me? He said, I just picked up a guy named Leon Russell. I said, okay. Um, so I went to work with him. He was paying me peanuts and, um, I started doing all the work and was booking all the shows for Leon. And, um, I knew who Leon Russell was. I mean, he's just, he was an icon. He did an album with Elton John when I was out and I had to go out and out to LA and sit in a room with Elton John, T-Bone Burnett and Leon and Brian Wilson and all these people. It was yeah. a trip. Yeah. yeah that was insane. That's, that was a trip in all excess. <laughs> um, I can't make that shit up. Trust, trust yeah. me. Um, and, um, so I, um, so I worked with him for a while and he, and he had a drug problem and, um, he was doing some shady stuff and, um, Leon called me on my cell one day and we were doing probably half a million dollars a year with him. No, we were not. We were doing way more than that. Cause we were, we were, we were making close to $200,000 a year with him and, that's 10% of whatever he was making. So he was, he was doing over $2 million a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a lot. So <laughs> Leon called me and he said, listen, I don't like this guy. Rock. His name's Robert 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no government names. Yeah, <laughs> his name's he's probably in jail. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, he said, "Why don't you go off and start your own agency, and I'll come with you." So, I did, and um, and did it for the next ten years. Made a ten, eleven years. Made a lot of money, and 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 um, but what happened was quickly. Um, I got a call one day. Um, and I didn't know the number. It was the L.A. number. And hey, I picked it up, and they said, hey, my name's Johnny Barbus. I'm Elton John's manager. I was hungover. <laughs> I raised up real quick. I said, okay. He said, so you represent Leon, correct? I said, I do. And he said, well, Elton is in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and apparently he started listening to Elton to Leon's. He's a big Leon Russell fan. He said he was listening to Leon's greatest hits and started crying uncontrollably because he hadn't seen him since the 70s and he just thought he fell off the face of the earth and he wants to do an album with him or you think he would be interested in that i said i'm pretty certain he would be (laughs) so um i he said would you mind if i call him i said well you could be the president but if i give you leon's number without his permission he would freak out so let me call him and leon wasn't phased by anybody I mean, Dave Geffen would show up to his shows. Chris Robbins from the Black Crows would show up, and he would be like, I'm going to the bus. I'm done. Yeah. Because um, he had done everything in the world. You know, he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. and you know. But anyway, um, so um, I called him. I said, hey, Leon, uh, Elton John's manager called me, and I just told him the same thing that I just told you. I said, um, can I give, you his num- give him your number? He goes, well, I, I guess he's, he's old uh, Oklahoma guy. Yeah, um, he's from Tulsa. He said, "I, I guess, but um, I got to go to the bathroom. So tell, t- give him about twenty five minutes. He can call me." I was like, <laughs> "What? Wasn't phased by it at all." <laughs> yeah, and uh, he called him. I saw he. Call, I said, "Well, call me when you get off the phone." And he said, "All right, all right." called me started laughing and i said what did they say he said well he said he wanted to do an album together i said what'd you say he said what the hell did you think i said (laughs) and uh so they were doing an album out in uh santa monica and um johnny barbers asked me to come out and um the most intimidating scenery in the world Uh, like i said i was sitting there with elton leon t-bone um brian wilson came by stevie nicks came by um the the editor for Rolling Stone came by. Shaka Khan, um, Paul McCartney Lord. was Paul McCartney was recording. Um, There's three different studios in this place called Village Studios. Paul McCartney was recording in one of them. Greg Greg Allman was recording in the other, and uh, Stevie Nicks was recording in the other. And uh, Tom Wise was hanging out in the lobby and shit like that. It was like. What am I doing? Here? Yeah, well, what world am I? <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, like, this can't and I, be I remember real life. We, we were standing outside. Um, John Howard was um, Elton's assistant. He was a, a guy from a uh, really nice guy, flamboyant guy. He was from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And he said, hey, come out, come out here with me for a minute. I was like, okay, I'm tense. And yeah. I need mm-hmm. another Xanax or something. <laughs> so he said, hey, you want to take a tour to the studios? I said, yeah, sure. And we walked around and all that kind of stuff. And they said, you know, I'm going to go outside on the the 
sidewalk smoke a joint you want you want to go i was like i'm not smoking a joint i feel like the dumbest person in the room already <laughs> so no uh, but i'll go out there with you so we're standing there and this lexus hybrid keeps backing up but i mean we're standing on the sidewalk and it's parking right here in front of us and i can tell it's a woman driving i'm saying that because i saw her <laughs> um but Good the, save. but the yeah, no <laughs> but the passenger side window was blacked out, and I couldn't tell who it was. And we're standing in front of the doors of the Village Studios, and finally they got parked. And I was like, "My God, John, that woman can't drive." <laughs> and uh, the door opens up, passenger side door opens up, and Stevie Nicks walks out. Mm. And it's exactly like when you think you would see Stevie Nicks. There's like a glow well, around her. Aura. She had a shawl, and she goes. It ended a beautiful day, boys. And we were like, yes, ma'am, it sure is. And I opened up the door for her, and she went in and came in and gave Leon a big kiss and all that kind of stuff. But um, And I left Austin that week, and it was cold, rainy. It was February, and it was 30 degrees, and it was 75 degrees in Santa Monica. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got way too many stories to tell, and we don't have enough time for all that. But uh, that that's that's it in a in a – that's that insane, show. man. Just getting that is to meet intense yeah. background. Rub shoulders with a lot of those people because that's not something many people would get to do. No. Well, it's funny. I told John, I was like, you know, with the shit that I've seen this week, I could walk out and get hit by a bus today and be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, yeah. I mean, I'm like, let me let me give you one one other quick story. Leon, I mean, Elton. This is how OCD Elton John is. So, T. Bowmanette, who produced and won all these Grammys for Crazy Heart, produced uh, what's the guy that's on Yellowstone? Um, that was Ryan Bingham. Ryan, Ryan Bingham. Bingham. He was producing Ryan Bingham's album at the time and doing Crazy Heart, and he knew he was he was he knew he had already run a Grammy. So all he did was sit there and smoke weed and eat peanuts. He never ate, so he wanted to stay thin because he knew he was about to win a Grammy and go up there, and he didn't want to be. Um, heavy but anyway he said so elton will be here in 10 minutes so obviously i'm like holy shit oh my god yeah okay so i'm sitting here in the control room of the studio and he walks in with these red wayfair sunglasses on that look like ray-bans but i'm a, i can assure you they weren't ray-bans <laughs> and in a black and white adidas jumpsuit Run DMC yes. jumpsuit. <laughs> Love that. With an orange coach purse bag. And the way I know it's an orange coach purse bag is that it doesn't say anything on it, but it's just straight ass, ugly orange. And my wife's got one just like it. <laughs> um, I think I bought my so, now so, wife that exact same bag. Yeah. So, I, and yeah. So, so he takes his red glasses off, puts them in a red case, and has gaff tape. On the top of that red case, and it puts his rose glasses on, you know, that he wears all the time. Yeah. And puts those glasses in a red case and has gaff tape on written on the top on the top of it and it says red. So he's got red glasses in a red case and he's got red written on it. Checks I out. Like, I was like and they're sitting right there. I was like, I could steal those and put them on eBay. Is he colorblind? But I can't really raises the question. I just can't do it. Just can't do it. <laughs> But no, I think he's just that OCD. He's weird. But he was he was he was very very nice to me, and he was very generous to Leon. Bought him a new bus and all this kind of stuff. Took nice. him on, took him on tour with him and got him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and did a lot of stuff for him. 
That's those, incredible. Those British folks love the tracksuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently. I didn't know that, but apparently they do. I think I mentioned that last week, didn't I? You might have. Yeah. Downtown London, Adidas tracksuits, still a hot commodity. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You went to London? For a day. My wife and her and my stepdaughter and some of them went out went out to the that they spent two days in London and she said and they love New York and she said London makes New York look like Boldo as far as like congestion and yeah like, she's like it's crazy yeah if you're not planning to walk yeah yeah that's just really the only way to do it don't make any other plans but they love Scotland she said the Scottish people were really nice that's where we gotta go you gotta go to the Highlands yeah yeah they said it was really nice I would Saint I would I would love yeah I'm I'm playing in a golf tournament tomorrow so are you yeah I played high school and collegiate golf and then when I went on tour I quit playing for about 17 years but I, I i play pretty seriously i don't i don't i'm i take it very very seriously same oh, I love that same yeah. if i'm going out there i want to smoke you yeah. yeah 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 i played high school in two months of collegiate before i hurt myself oh did you yeah i'm playing with a guy tomorrow that i've never played with his name's scott norris but he played at wallace state and you got to be a stud to play at wallace state but yep. he, he don't he's norris plumbing but mm-hmm. yeah he plays like twice a year so we'll see <laughs> yeah it's, when, a, it's a it's a bring your backpack well, it's, it was funny. Like I said, when I moved back, I was always, you know, I was a scratch golfer one time, and then I, I'd play a couple times out in Austin, shooting mid-70s. So but I quit playing totally for about 17 years, and I came out here, and I got in that big money group at Musgrove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like riding a bike, and $600 later it was not like riding a bike. They, <laughs> stole, yeah. they stole my bike, and they beat me with it. I can't imagine yeah. what 17 years off is like. I took two years off. I didn't pick up a club Dude, for two years, and it, I went back out there. I was like, I'm going to go Horse Creek. I'm going to shoot smooths. I've been, I've been playing very seriously, you know, a couple of days a week, if weather permitting and, and work permitting, for the past five years, and I still put it from – 15 feet off the green because my, my I got the chip yip so damn bad yeah, yeah. because I mean that's what goes first but short game always goes first it's oh, nothing yeah. but feel yeah yeah and I, I lost a lot of length too but I don't miss fairways I don't get in trouble so we'll see how it I'm goes jealous. must we'll be nice yeah. I don't hit it hard enough I don't hit it long enough to get in trouble <laughs> I'm still at that age where I know I can swing hard yeah and yeah well I got I'm getting a massage tomorrow before I go that's how <laughs> yeah. bad I'm 47 I'll be 47 in less than a month so yeah. That's why I told Drake starting this season. I was like, I'm going old man golf. I'm not swinging hard anymore. But I went and played Bentbrook with KT, uh, God, a month ago. That was a bold faced lie. With the technology, I mean, I was absolutely with the technology ripping you don't a ball. have to. With the technology, you don't have to swing hard. <laughs> Plus, Bentbrook plays to what some people might consider a slice. I just consider a nice fade. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So you play at Musgrove? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I love Musgrove. I do too. It's in good shape right now too. It's hard. It's hard not to find a golf course that's in good shape right now, just because the amount of rain we've got now yeah. it's kind of tapered off mm-hmm. and everything's getting green. Man, I yeah. don't. I don't mind Horse Creek, dude. A lot of those guys think they're too they're, they're too hot shot to play over. I, I I played a lot. I played Don's courses since I was ten years old. I played the Rock over there at Union Chapel. Yep. I mean, I, and Don's a hard worker. He keeps it in good shape, and it's. I mean, it's scenic, man. It's a yeah, scenic it golf is. course. It's got a lot of, you know, a lot of hills. Lot of hills it's pretty. Valleys, yeah. You got you got some risk reward shots. Yep. You know, that's I, the thing now is like no more than I play because I'm just a fair weather golfer now. Yeah. So it's like when it's cold outside, somebody asks me to go play golf. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to. I play with a bunch of guys that are like 
15 years younger than me and they're out there in three layers of and, and i go and i go yeah. and we're drinking beer the yeah. cold beer oh, the yeah. whole time it's like why am i out here i'm too old i can't <laughs> yeah. do this anymore it's not fun it, it's, it's ball's not traveling anywhere yeah. it's def, damn sure ain't rolling anywhere i'm nowhere near as flexible as i was in my 20s so it's that's what my swing relies on is flexibility Mm-hmm. So if I got four, three or four layers on, I'm not playing well. Yeah, yeah. Get my age. Get that good block going. Let's talk when you. How old are you now? <laughs> Thirty. Yeah, thirty-two. Yeah. Well, let's talk fifteen years from now. <laughs> See how you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if I'm still swinging a golf club, that short and I'll straight. Be happy. Short and straight. <laughs> yeah, short and straight. Yeah, yeah I, that's right. I grew up at uh, Union Chapel too. I'd get dropped off there after school. Yeah. I'd walk twelve holes because you know I had twelve holes. Yeah. Later on, so I'd walk to twelve holes. I'd play. Don be like, I just play till your mom and dad gets here. I'm like, all right. The way I learned to play is during the summertime. I bet I was like 10, 12 years old. My 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 stepmom was a security guard at Kmart. My dad was a painter, and she would drop me off at Twin Lakes, um, over on Arkadelphia Road, which is not there. Which I want to buy it so bad. You can still see the. Yeah. Oh, I know. Every time I drive by it, it makes me sick in my stomach. I want to. I want to buy that land and redo it so bad, but I don't. I, I, it would be a money pit. Yeah. But um, she'd drop me off at 7.30 in the morning and pick me up at 5.30, and she'd give me $5. You know, granted, this was in 87, 88, and she would drop me off with $5, and I would walk probably 36, 45 holes a day with me and my friends because my friends' parents would do the same thing. Yeah. And she'd pick me up when she got off at 5.30. 7.30 to 5.30 and walked all day long and ate a moon pie and a Coke on the turn. That's it. That's how my For $5. Summer, <laughs> that was my summers, man, playing golf. Like, I didn't go play football or baseball. Well, I played baseball for a few years, but then my dad was like, you're going to play golf. And I was like, okay, well, I like I, it. Yeah, I played football, but I've I, and, and I, I been this same size since eighth grade. And uh, a, a friend of mine that hit, just passed away, I went to his funeral, Demetrius Shelton. Um, who won two national championships at Wallace at, at uh, UNA? One is one is a quarterback, and one is a right wide receiver. He came through the line. I was playing decent defensive back, and he hit me from about twenty yards. Just wasn't going to juke me or anything. Ran, Ran me over. You. First time I saw stars. And like I said, I've been the same size since eighth grade. Yeah. And the wrestling coach came out and said, "What the hell are you doing out here?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You need to you need to fight with guys your own size. So I started wrestling all through high school. So I played. So I wrestled and played golf. Sounds like Shane's Chavez story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it hurt. So I, I, yeah, he was the reason why I quit playing football. So, so what did you think about River Bend when it opened up? Um, beautiful but unfair in a lot of ways. Very unfair. Yeah. Um, God, I you think cannot I, miss at, at, at the river course. I, th- I think homeboy just. Did he just let it go? Yeah, I was living in Texas at the time, and my brother got killed in a car wreck in 2006, and I came back for the funeral and then came back a year later because my brother used to play out there and uh, had a golf tournament in his in his name Yeah, and uh, raised money, for, and, um, and I think we gave it to my grandparents because they, they had to pay for the funeral. You know, we didn't have any money, but... Yeah. Um, so... Um, but it was going downhill then, and that was, you know, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. I think Don was running it around then. 
Was it? Yeah, because I was still in. Don was running it while I was in high school. What was the guy? What was the dude that played football for the, Steve Hutch? Steve Hutch. He's the one that. He's the one that up. like designed, built oh, it. Built yeah. it. Yeah. Some know. of the, and Don reshaped some of the holes to make it a little more fair, but it's still driver is the strength of my game, other yeah. than ball striking. Yeah. So when I have to use my ball striking off the tee, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I hit I, I hit a ball on eighteen one time and I I, I said some choice words and I was get, get, get I hit it off the toe and went was going right and I was like get the off out of here and all I heard was boom 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 <laughs> I hit some car in the parking lot and I was like uh oh yeah that's when so that's when uh well eighteen was the one that had the green like perched up in front uh-huh. of the, the river mm-hmm. or the pond in front of the clubhouse yeah so you hit a car from there. Had to be that right hole. Left-handed. Well, there was a there was a par three that no, they turned into the putt. It, it was a long it was a long hole, and I want to say it fed a little bit to the right, and it kind of went uphill. But there was the Sounds parking like lot. 18. Parking lot was to the right. Hell yeah, I hit one in the parking lot from there. You're thinking about nine then? Is it nine? Nine. Okay. Yeah. Nine's okay. the long par five. Yes. Parking lot's literally just right outside okay. that gate. Yeah. That's where yeah. I knocked it. Yeah. Okay. Dude. That golf course made me lose I may my have, I may have started on 10 because I think that was last <laughs> of, uh, and it finished on 9. Those are my formative years of golf, though, where my ball striking really got dialed in. So if I went and played a course with big greens and stuff, yeah, like I was like, I'm used to breaking down greens a fourth of this size into the quadrants. Yeah. Like, so this is nothing. Oh, yeah. And then I go play an RTJ course, and I'm like, oh, well, probably shouldn't miss there. Yeah, we played at one that one up in Muscle Shoals a <sighs> couple months ago. And it's my I, favorite I, I birdied 16 and 17 and shot 81 and felt pretty good about it. Fighting Joe? Uh, no, it was Schoolmaster. Schoolmaster. Not the one that's 8,000 yards long, yeah. the other one. <laughs> so, but they're both hard. I mean, I, I, I was still hitting, you know, five woods and three woods in, into the green, and there was – Three of them that had water right in front of the green. Yeah. That was uh, this far from being perfect, and it right back. Just roll back in. Doubles, yeah. doubles, doubles killed me. Those are my favorite courses on the trail, though. Yeah, they're uh, nice. We they're got nice. in trouble. One nice day. clubhouse. Beautiful. They have fireball in there. Yeah, yeah. I came in there hungover, hot, <laughs> right away, and like I thought I was going to throw up that morning, and just I was like, you know what? You got fireball back there, don't you? We do. I said. We'll have one of those. That'll, one that'll of those. ride the ship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Swing lube is yeah. what I call it. <laughs> we got we got in trouble one time and uh our coach made us walk the fighting Joe from the back tees. Oh jeez. That's rough, a form man. of torture. It was rough. I was hung over. I bet that's shit, that's gotta be like five miles or something. Eight thousand yards, we'll say it's twenty four thousand feet. So Roughly four and a half, five miles. Yeah. Damn, that was pretty good. Car- carrying a golf club, carrying a golf bag because yeah. we had to walk mm-hmm. and still play decent golf. Yeah, man, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, golf was my life for 25, 26 years, man. Man, I love it. That's my only other hobby. I mean, playing, playing, you know, I, I had to play for a living for so long doing solo gigs. And I got to where right before I moved to Texas, I was playing six nights a week all over the state and then surrounding states just sitting on a stool playing by myself and i had bands but it was um i got to the point where i didn't want to deal with you know the day you know everybody's like why aren't you playing in a band these days i'm like well let me put it to you this way because i did this shit for years and years and years and 
and I loaded in at three in the afternoon and I loaded out at three in the morning and made $150, $200. Yeah. I can load in, <coughs> hook my PA up, which is it's one of those tower PAs, like a Bose, but it's in Yamaha. And um takes me 10 minutes to set up and seven minutes to, to break down and I make the same amount of money, sometimes more, and I don't have to deal with other people showing up, knowing their parts or not knowing their parts. And I do have a band uh, called the Walker County Hitmen, but we play nothing but B cuts and stuff that we love. A bunch of old Bob Seger and Almond Brothers and stuff, you know. This shit slaps though. Really mm-hmm. cool stuff. Yeah. But it, it really minimizes your market. You know, if you're not going to play Brown Eyed Girl or some something like that, we don't do any. Yeah. It, we, we're, our whole, our whole, our whole thing that we wanted to do, we're like, all right. I think we we're sitting around drinking. We're like, we should put a band together. I was like, eh. I don't really want to do that. I really don't. I don't want to deal with that <laughs> yeah. shit anymore. I was like, I, I make more money sitting on a stool for two hours and than, than dealing with all this stuff. So you still play and, acoustic gigs around Jasper? I right? do. Yeah, yeah. I play at three nineteen uh, like once a month, and I'll play at. The, um, well, I was playing at Tallulah, but I play. I do a lot of private events and stuff for the city, and play in Birmingham some, but. Um, no, I t- the philosophy behind the Walker County Hitman was I told him I was like, all right, I'll do it, but this is the deal. We're going to have 60 songs, four sets, but I don't want to look down at one single song and go, ah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So we all picked out 15 songs apiece that we all loved and we all collectively loved. And it was like, and every song we're like, Ooh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so cool. <laughs> yeah. And we were excited about it, you know? But like I said, you can't play. It really minimizes your market, which was fine with me. Cause I didn't want to play all the damn time anyway. Yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I'm too old to be a weekend warrior. <laughs> and, and plus I'm married and I like to play golf and, no, I pl- play- I, now I now I play when I want to, where I want to, because I don't have to, because I have three jobs right. already. Yeah, um, I don't need another one. Yeah, and that's one of them. You need to play golf, with Shane and I, one time. Well, I'm, let's go. We're it's getting dark. Down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, beautiful thing is now is is about to not get dark till like nine o'clock. Yeah. I know, I know. Working at a golf course, I hated this time of the year. Oh, I bet you. Because <laughs> I was I worked I was a starter at Horse Creek pretty much until I was nineteen or twenty. Like yeah. I started the day I turned 16. Yeah. Because I knew Jack because I'd always played up there. Yeah. So I was like, hey, Jack, I'm going to turn 16. Can I get a job? He's like, the day you turn 16, I'll hire you. And he hired me the day I turned 16. Huh. Yeah. So <clears throat> I did that for Dead heat of July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, first thing I ever had to do was detail carts. That's taking the SOS past the roof, get all yeah. the scuff marks, rotate the tires. I'm like. And I kind of want to quit the golf's free, so I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, you're good, I'm, man. You're not. I'm not yeah, ignoring no. you. Uh, as far as looking in your eyes, I am. Uh, I know you're going to ask me this question in a minute, so I'm yeah. going to pull this up so I don't have to zoom through it. You go ahead and get ready. Mm-hmm. All right. You said going? you got three jobs. Yep. Yeah. I said you're the man that brought my favorite band to Jasper. <laughs> I've already told you where I'm going and. Yeah. To see them at. Mm-hmm. So, you're the talent buyer for Foothills Festival, correct? I am. Is that yeah. the title? The official yes. title? Yeah. 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 So, what? first off, what got you that gig? Um, I, I moved home in May of 2013. And back in the 90s when they used to charge like $25 for Foothills and they had multiple stages, um, I played it. 
several years. I played it in like 96 and 97, 97, 98. 90, no, I, yeah, 97, 98 with two different bands. One was with Coupe de Ville and one was with a band called the Drag Kings. 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 <laughs> um, so when I got home, I heard word of um, Jennifer William Smith um, had mentioned something to me about um, them revitalizing it. I was like, Oh, that sounds like fun. I said, I've been, you know, in the music industry for a long time. I've been a music agent for 20 years. Um, I know all the promoters in the world and the, you know, I, 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 so I said, let me, let me be the talent buyer. Um, cause they, I said, who you have planned so far? So they show me a list and this is going to piss some people off. And it was all local artists. It was all local artists. And I wanted Foothills. Listen, you know, us local guys can play anywhere around town. You know, you can play at Midnight Special. You can play at Tallulah's. You can play at uh, Twisted. You can play at 319, whatever, the, the barn. But I wanted to make it a big event for national artists to come in, which is hard for national artists to come here if you don't know the agency or somebody in the agency or, or the promoter. I mean, well, I'm the promoter, but if you don't know someone in there, they're not going to answer your phone call because mm-hmm. they Jasper's not on the map. You know, we're not even a secondary market here. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, um, and it was just all local artists. Well, I played it and then we had some local artists and then I, I, uh, so they hired me, they hired me and I said, I'm, I can pull some artists in here. I was like, they're like, when do y'all want to do it? And they said, September. I was like, um, it's May. Yeah. Um, y'all really want to try to do this? I said, yeah. I said, okay. So I think I got uh, this uh, Brian Howe, lead singer from uh, Bad Company, which he's a stud, man. I mean, he's so good. I yeah. Mean, um, he's really, really good. But, you know, he's not the original lead singer of, of Bad Company. But, they, but, but, you know, he killed it. And I got Bo Bice. Um, hey, love me some and I got, ice, baby. I got Lineham, and I had uh, Within Reason. I had I can't remember who else I got, but I it was about as good as I could do for what time the, the time frame I had for yeah. three months notice. Yeah, yeah, for three and getting the staging together and all that kind of stuff, which is another deal and all itself. <laughs> so that's part of your gig too, is getting the stage I do set any, up. Anything that has to do with the music whatsoever, production. Um, contracts um artists anything dealing with them i i do i do it all yeah it's it's a lot of work but it's rewarding and it's something that i you know after i'm passing away and i mean i i work with some other artists billy joe shaver leroy parnell um all those crazy asses but <laughs> billy joe billy shaver. joe shaver told me one time <laughs> billy joe shaver, shaver told me one time I, he was playing at the exit inn in nashville i know i'm jumping around everywhere but he, he was playing at the Exit Inn in Nashville, and I was still living in Austin. And they called me, and they said, Hey, man, L- Billy Joe sound checked, and he didn't really look good. He really didn't look good, and uh, we're worried about him. I'm like, well, he'll be back. He's like, well, like, he's supposed to be on stage in 10 minutes. <laughs> I said, he ain't there? They said, no. He's, apparently, he's supposed to be on at 9 o'clock, so I called him. I said, Billy Joe? He said, yeah. I said, you all right? He said, well, yeah. I said, well, they they were worried about you. They said, you're supposed to be on at 9 o'clock. 
Hasten, and he just went off the rails, man. He would go zero to sixty like nothing. Make a long story short, he made he told me that, that he was supposed to start at ten o'clock. Them sussing the bitches, you know, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Because that's how he talked. Yeah. And then he he told me "f you" and "God bless you" all in the same sentence, and hung the phone up. <laughs> and I went, "How am I supposed to go, f you and God bless you?" <laughs> How am I supposed to take that? Like, yeah, it was weird, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> so where where were we? Where were we? We're just talking about kind of progressing through foothills, mm-hmm. moving up as a talent buyer, getting good artists. So so um, yeah. I mean, we've had some killer ones. I mean, it's been this is my tenth year, so I'm I'm forgetting who all we had. Um. You know, really, my one of my favorite years. You know, there there for a while, the headliners. I was doing a lot of country on one side on Friday and doing like '90s rock on Saturday. Yeah. As far as like just the headliners, and that's matter like the um like um Mississippi All Stars and some cats like that. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. But um the the year Jim Blossoms and Tonic and Dana Carter came was a big year, 2016. Mm-hmm. And yep. I didn't know if we would top that one, but it was killer. I thought Tonic blew everybody out of the water. Um, oh, I was there for Dana Carter. Dana Carter got drunk on Moonshine, and she wouldn't get out of the Blanton building. <laughs> um, <laughs> My wife's going to love that. She's a huge Dana Carter yeah. fan. Vallejo played in 2014. I'm looking through the posters that are on my wall in my studio. Um, 2000... When was the year I had Robert Randolph, the Steel Drivers, Paul Thorne, Will Hogue? 17 or 18? Yeah, I don't know. 18. 18. 18. Yeah. Dude, Robert Randolph. Unbelievable. I love Will Hogue. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Is uh I saw him backstage and I, I don't really care. I don't I don't I'm I don't I don't care what people think of me. Um I'm I'm, I'm a little bit liberal to be living in Jasper, but I said he he was low, he's my size and I got I got um, someone called me one time. He was playing on the morning show. He was playing like a work play or something years and years and years ago. They're like, they called me and said, I just saw you on the morning show. I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm in bed. Wasn't me. <laughs> and uh, they thought it, thought it was me, but I guess because, I don't know, but I didn't know he was that short until I saw him. But, <laughs> uh, but he had on boots like mine, and I'm actually wearing these pants right now. But I said, dude, this is going to sound gay as can be. I said, but. Where'd you get those pants? I can't find pants to fit me because he's my size. I said, Where'd mm-hmm. you get those pants? What kind are they? And what size are they? He said, Man, that ain't gay at all. He said, Gap, women, size eight, boot cut. <laughs> Bought two pair of them next day Boom. online. And uh, anyway, he was great. Uh, and then 2019, was that 19 when we had Blues Traveler, Whiskey Myers, North mm-hmm. Mississippi All Stars? Yep. Um, Not the COVID year. Dude, Brent. Oh, shit. Brent Cobb was is one of my favorite artists. I love so, Brent Cobb. Brent is a stud. I mean, he just what a night. He he and uh, one of my very good friends that I met twenty years ago. He opened up for me at the Nick. Um, twenty over twenty years ago, twenty three years ago. Um, he and Adam Hood um, ride a lot together, and they wrote some of the some several albums, some several of that songs on that last. Not the, this new Whiskey Myers album, but the one before that. They one. wrote a bar guitar. Or Brent Cobb wrote bar guitar and honky tonk crowd because he released his version on a re-release of one of his old albums. Yeah, me, Mason, Boren, like 
I love I love Whiskey Myers, but I kind of like Brent's version a little bit better. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, this is what I think. Um, I I really really like Whiskey Myers. Um, um, and me and the guitar player had a long talk at, at Losers in um, Nashville when I was living there in 2012. This is way Cody or Jeffers. Uh, Jeffers before they got big. Such a badass guitar. Um, Wait, which one's the one with the beard that always plays a strat? Cody Tate. Cody. My bad. Never mind. Um, Cody. We were in the back of Losers. And we were just sitting there talking, but um, he was like, yeah, my band, name of my band's Whiskey Myers. I was like, and I started thinking, I was like, I think that name's too much. I didn't like it. But again, what do, what do I know? Yeah. Flyer George Line, there you go. Yeah. You know, I thought that was lame and shit too, but now they are, you know, they're, you think Flyer George Line cares that I don't like their music right now? Oh, but. Doubt it. Well, Doubt it. they're broke up cashing. now, so they definitely don't care. Them check's still cashing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brian, Ke- Brian Kelly played Iron City a few weeks ago by himself. I saw. Listen, I, saw I don't mind play. Brian Kelly. Yeah. yeah. He's got some catchy tunes. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you this in my, this is just, and, and I, I'm assuming this is somewhat of an opinionated show. Yeah. I, 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 I like Whiskey Myers, but, um, I really like the honesty and the vocals and the, the lyrics of the Steelwoods a little bit better. Just to me. Yeah. I think that guy's, voice, I think that guy's voice is so sincere. Wes Bayless is from Athens. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Um, but, um. Speaking of Athens, the headliner Friday night for this year is from Athens, by the way. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we're going to get there. Um, but um, <clears throat> he is uh, – <throat> I just I just love those guys. Yeah. And, um, but, um, you know, I think uh, I, I, me being kind of a rocker, I think my f- favorite artist that I've had so far is Miles Kennedy. Yeah. Jim I mean, Odom flipped a lid dude, when you well, booked dude, him. That's somebody that I—I've been following Miles Kennedy since the mid '90s when he was in a band called the Mayfield Four out of Spokane, Washington. So I didn't even know. And that. I just thought he was the one, like a, a cross between Jeff Buckley and Chris Cornell. Yeah. And um, it was crazy. I—I I, I know I go off in tangents. I went and saw Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots at Zydeco. Um, it was, and it was so sad. He was—he was so messed up. Really. 25 people there maybe died two weeks later yeah my wife got me tickets to see Soundgarden in Tuscaloosa killer Chris Cornell died two weeks later and then my wife got me tickets to got us tickets to go see the Foo Fighters who I am a absolute phenomenal fan of the Foo Fighters I think they've been the best things in, in rock and roll since since the Black Crows Zeppelin I don't mean I I think they're the best rock band that's been out in thirty years. Yeah, I just they're. I think they're. I think everything that Dave Grohl touches is turns to gold. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. That's so yeah. sad. Um, I said I told her I was like, if Dave Grohl dies two weeks later, I'm never going to a show again. <laughs> yeah, I was about to tell you stay away from my whiskey. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, holy jeez, <laughs> you're out. on the wrong kind of run. Yeah, there. So it's like yeah, hey, it's like she's like. Go see Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Go see them. Go see Colt Ford I wouldn't, or something. No, like that. I'm not wishing death on anybody. But they broke up, so. Yeah. I thought it was just a hiatus where the Brian yeah. guy wanted to go do his own thing. I think they broke. What, oh, I'm sure what's real be. petty? What's real petty is they broke up over politics. Because I think, that was, I think that was more of a sell. 
If I'm being yeah. honest, I think that was more of a sell. I think it's like you said, I think Brian Kelly wanted to break off and do his own thing, and they left it in this little muck of like, oh, they're in a feud. There's no way they're coming back. Yeah. Well, if you watch them live that I've seen them on award shows while I'm hugging the toilet, mm-hmm. um, watching it, <laughs> that other dude, the, the one that's a little more Nelly. Hubbard. Mm-hmm. He 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 kind of controls the stage more than Brian does. Yeah. And I, that's pro. I I bet you that was the deal. He's probably like, you know what? You're still you're trying to overshadow you're trying to, me. You're, you're trying yeah. to overshadow me yeah. and upstage me, and this ain't cool. We we started this together, and here you are, you know, doing all this stuff. You well, know? he wanted to be a rapper first, didn't he? Yeah. Well, that's let him go be a rapper. I'd be great. I'd love it. As long <laughs> as I don't have to see him in a country radio yeah. anymore, but. But you know what? There are some great ones. I mean, listen. What do you think about Al Dean? Who? Al Dean. I I, I don't. It it's okay. (laughs) Um, What do you think about where Alabama as a state is now with a presence in Nashville? As far as artists, who do we have in Alabama that's 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 killing that's kicking it over there? I mean, you know, Adam Hood is from Opelika. Riley Green. Riley Green. Um, Muscadine from Mobile. Muscadine from Mobile. I was going to get them this year. And God. I, and I decided um, th- there was a reason behind it. Well, okay. maybe, well, maybe I, next year. Yeah. Um, they wanted more <laughs> money. Their agent wanted more money than I thought that they deserved. And I didn't think they were going to have They've really popped the, off this last year and a half, too. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, I, think they're, I think they're pretty good, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm – Kind of pop country, man. I'm really, I'm, I'm. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's not my thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, but they're not. But I, not. You know, I'm one of those guys that I'm not going to tell you they're not talented right. or you're not good. I'm not a widespread and fish fan. But those guys are phenomenally talented. <laughs> I'm not going to follow them around the country like yeah. those crazy folks do. The like they did the great, I'm not a big Grateful <laughs> Dead. I'm not a Grateful Dead fan either. No, I'm you know, I don't. I'm not a fan of Fish, and I'm not a fan of Widespread. But do you think I? Do they think they care? Do, do they think I care? No, no they, they probably don't. Probably got a venue sold out tonight. Yeah, yeah. Checks um, still cashing. Checks still cashing. Yeah, but um, I will tell you this. Without a doubt, and this is a fact, this is not an opinion, we should feel so fortunate. And I, and I usually hate when people hop on the bandwagon. I was a big I was a big Lenny Kravitz fan back in the day from his first album when he was really raw, and then he started covering some stuff, and then everybody hopped on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But I still love Lenny Kravitz. Um, I considered a bandwagon guy since I was only like seven or eight when but, I started liking Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, yeah but uh, no, but no, uh, but no, you were you weren't you know you were just you were, seven yeah. or eight when the bandwagon was forming. Yeah, that was VH1, yeah. and I couldn't wait for Lenny Kravitz to come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, um, but I like all of his B side stuff. But I will t- let me tell you this: I don't mind people hopping on this bandwagon because he deserves it. We should feel fortunate to have an artist like Chris Stapleton be in our to 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 see someone and hear someone like this in our generation because I don't think you'll ever see it again. Yeah. The guy is the most unbelievable thing I have ever seen. Um as a singer, I don't understand how no. in the hell he does what he does. His vocal range makes zero sense. The run his... the runs he does, mm-hmm. I don't think like you know when Tennessee Whiskey came out, you know, forget that song, but that run he does 
I don't think Beyonce can do it. No. Yeah. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. Did you see heard. the performance and it was Tennessee Whiskey, but it was also with him and Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah, it was sick. To me, and I'm still on this train, I'll die on this hill probably, I think that's one of the best live performances of our generation. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Other than other than the Prince, uh, the Prince um, Super Bowl halftime show, yeah, that, that was pretty phenomenal. Uh, but um, no, but all those folks. I mean, it's no it's no secret that everybody in the music industry and all the artists will tell you that guy is the baddest singer on the planet, mm-hmm. and he's not a country singer. I don't give a shit no, what you say. No, he's a no. soul singer. Yeah, he's, he can sing anything he wants. Oh, he yeah. really can. I, I don't care, but. He is, uh, I mean, he's just, I saw him at Iron City. Iron City holds 1,380 people, and there may have been 650 people there. Did That's the same insane. thing with Jerry, Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark, oh, Gary Clark, golly. Gary Clark and I were buddies when I lived in Austin. Get the hell out of here, dude. Dude, he was playing on 6th Street at a place called Friends with a buddy of mine, James Buller, who's another stud, but I, I don't know, I know why he's not any bigger than he is because he stays drunk all the time, but. They played at a place called Friends seven nights a week for tips. Damn. And then, but he won Blues Artist of the Year in Austin like six years in a row when I was there. The dude can absolutely shred. Well, what happened was, what happened, and this is what happened with Los Lonely Boys back in the day. Um, All all that happens is someone that's a, a, a badass puts their stamp on you, and then they're like, okay. So what happened was Doyle Bramhall, Junior that plays with Eric Clapton, who was in um, a bunch of bands in Austin. That's a a, very, a big a big art. He's a musician, musician kind of thing. Yeah. He told Clapton, said, "You got to hear this guy." So he put him on the um, guitar festival that they do in Houston at the at the Houston Dome or whatever. Mm-hmm. They put him on. As soon as he went on that, that was it. Yeah. He blew up. He did, they did that bright lights, big city. He's that so good, done. man. Mm-hmm. And then, but still, then uh, it was it was a year after that we saw him at at, at uh, Iron City, and there was more people there than than uh, than Stapleton. Adam yeah. Hood was at that Stapleton show. We were just sitting there going, "I love Adam Hood, man. What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but but uh, Gary Clark's a stud, no doubt about it. I See, wish, a lot of people don't understand like the songs that Chris Stapleton's wrote for multiple people that are mainstream now, like a. Uh, I know he wrote a few, several with Luke Bryan, uh, like oh, "Drink a Beer." That's yeah. Luke Bryan's mm-hmm. biggest hit that Chris Stapleton wrote. I'm like, why do they keep this guy holed up in a writing room for so long? Chris, it really, I mean, even without him making all this money that he makes right now, the last few years of touring, he could make a living walking to the mailbox in the bank. Yeah, yeah, he really could. I mean, he's he's written a bunch. And I'll tell you who else has written a bunch of stuff. Jaron, um, God, what's his last name? The lead singer of uh, the Cadillac 3. Yeah, um, I know who you're talking. I can't remember his last he, name. Uh, yeah. We used to hang out in Nashville some, but he, he's written for a bunch of folks, too. He's got a lot of hits. But Adam and uh, Chris Stapleton together wrote Front Porch Swing that uh, Little Big Town did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Adam writes a lot with uh, Musky Down Bloodline, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but going back... You know, I can't. One of the things I, I've, one of the few things outside of golf that I don't pat myself on the back about is I can't play a damn lick of music. I can't sing. My whole family, my brother picks up an instrument and he learns it quickly. Mm-hmm. 
My dad, before he got sick, could belt out anything. My mom, piano. Me, nothing. But guess what? I got blessed with the ear. Yeah. So I could hear good music, and I could tell you it was good music. And not to say I'm a savant, but when Traveler came out, and I listened to it, I said, this will be album of the year. Yeah. And usually, like, if I post something about music, I get quite a bit of, like, social media engagements and stuff. Nobody liked it. Year later, guess what everybody's talking about? Well, uh, <laughs> ironically enough, um, this is going to make you vomit, but I think it was 2017. You know, being in the industry, I catch, I, I you know, especially when I was living in Nashville, I mean, you saw these people coming through and you knew, you're like, okay. This That's cat, it. this, 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 what, this dude has got it. This is going to blow. Yeah. And, um, so I knew about Chris Stapleton long before I would like to say that most, anybody around here did, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. He'll, I mean, you know, you got Spotify and all that shit to have the, yeah. you know, and God bless that we have that because otherwise I, we wouldn't have the artist at Foothills that we do now. Yeah. It'd be the same old crap that's on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so I, at the time, I, I didn't really have carte blanche of what I wanted to do for Foothills. I still had, I was over, I was like, they're like, okay, you have this budget, but you know, you got to run these artists by us. I was like, well, listen, there's this artist, his name's Chris Stapleton. Um, this is January by September. I bet you anything, this guy's gonna have Grammys under his belt, <laughs> and Nailed I can get, and I can get him, <laughs> yeah, and I can get him. Hold your seats. I said I can get him for seventy five hundred bucks. So people are paying that sit front row now. Yeah, yeah. They, so they they're Holy like they're like no, because the sponsors are gonna fall out. They they'll pull their sponsorships. They're not gonna pull they because they want to they want a name that people know. That year he won seven Grammys, I think. <laughs> The sponsor can get and, and I'm like, and I'm like, will you listen to me now? Mm-hmm. No one's questioned me ever since. Yeah. Um, but that was that was one that got away big time, and um, uh, I I could have got St. Paul and the Broken Bones about the same time for for thirty five hundred dollars. Jesus. But I did get them. I got them. Get them just because somebody in the band is from Jasper that you can get them. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Number one, you call the agent. They want this money, and then you start negotiating with them. You don't say, "Well, the well, trumpet the drum- players from Jasper." Yeah. So they Clint- don't give two shits. The trumpet player is not the one making them. Yeah. yeah so it, Clint Black not coming yeah, to Foothills. No. no. <laughs> Got gotcha. you. Well, just because the guitarist is from Jasper. Got it. Yeah. The, and the you know the. The lead singer don't really don't have any say so either. I mean, it goes it yeah. goes from the agent to the manager, and then the manager tells the road manager where they're, where they're going. Yep, they don't run it by the band members. Mm-hmm. Don't work that way. So they're like, oh, surely you can get them. Surely you can get them. Like, don't work that way. Don't see, work that way at all. I worked with Ruben Stuttered for about a year, and yeah. I got to see the ins and outs of all that. And I was yeah. like, that's a headache. Yeah, it's a lot. Not me. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, I people think that, you know. There was a, a handful of people that got a little upside down because I got a raise a couple of years ago. 
pretty. That's just because it was in the newspaper. If it wasn't in the newspaper, nobody said nothing. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it was one city council member that, that never showed up to city council meetings anyway. <laughs> he said, golly, he, he makes more than a city councilman. I was like, well, I work 11 months out of the year. I really work yeah. 11 months out of the year. I take October off, and then I start. As soon my, as- my wheels never stop turning. Yeah, I mean, my wife drives, drives my wife crazy. You know, I'm you constantly looking. And what's very important, what people don't understand, there's a lot of things that come into factor of booking Foothills is that, number one, this is a real niche market, man. You gotta, you, you're not going to please everybody. No. You're not going to please the majority of the people. I might be mad at you in a minute. You know, <laughs> um, but I'll tell you this, I can't book – I can't book David Allen Coe one night, and I can't book Bone Thugs and Harmony one night. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'd be at both shows, you know, though. Well, this, well the, you know, what I'm saying is that I can't bring that ty- type of demographic downtown because I've been doing this for 10 years, and I've had, I've had over 200,000 people downtown, and I've had three arrests. That's one was the first year because I I know the guy he deserved it. He was grabbing girls' asses and they like the cops told him three different times to stop. All he they trumping. did, he was drunk. All they all they did was throw him in jail and let him out the next morning. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Otis and Mayberry. Yeah. And then the next time, two people were at the Dina Carter show. It was a it was a couple. Front row, we have cameras front row. Just to let y'all know, we have cameras front row, so don't do any stupid shit up front. Smoking a joint. Oh, this was me and Brittany. Front, front row. <laughs> Shit. Well, no, the, I'm just kidding. So the, D, so, so the DEA took them to jail. It wasn't even Jasper City. Yeah. So the DEA took them to jail. That's the th- only three arrests we've had. That's good numbers, man. You know, so you got to be, I have to be careful that it's not going to cause any problems. Because if shit goes sour and there's some kind of big fight that breaks out, city council and the mayor, mayor will shut this thing down yeah. in a minute because the city don't, the city puts in money for this thing. And if the, if the city breaks even, they're happy. Yeah. They really are. That's all they really want to do is break That's good even. to know because I pretty much said that. I was like, if we're getting in for free, I was like, they got to at least just be breaking even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we lost money for years and years and years, but um, we've been in the black last couple of years, but not by That's much. Awesome. Just a couple, you know, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, but, you know, that just goes right back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, you know, but – I get the headache I, though. Man. It it it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot, but I enjoy it. It's it's really, I I feel proud when it comes together. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, people don't see behind the scenes, and I and I'm glad they don't because we all yell at each other and. <laughs> Where's the F and ice? You know, the, you know, there's not any yeah. ice behind stage. Where's the towels? And blah blah. You know, I remember one year, Blues Traveler came into town and John Popper. I've got a lot of John Popper stories, and I'm not going to go into them because they're all illegal. <laughs> but allegedly, his tour, yeah, his tour manager that, that was in Austin, so it doesn't work here. <laughs> um, so his tour manager shows up, and he's like, "Oh, where is this? It was some kind of really rare scotch." I'm like, "It wasn't on the rider." He's yeah. like, "Well, the, he's going to want it." And I was like, "Well, tough. I don't have it." <laughs> ABC I, I store said, ain't got it. I said, I said, I said, dude, I said, dude, I've gone above and beyond. I've done, I've done more for John Popper than I've done for anybody in the eight years that I've been doing this at the time, nine years, whatever. And he said, well, can you call around? Call the ABC store. Called the store on Boston Bridge Road. Nobody even heard of it. So I called 
the the generous gentleman that provides the alcohol for the festival. Um, I'm gonna leave his name out, but he's he he's a big sponsor and he's a big component in in Walker County and very generous. And he's not even from here, but he's a big businessman. So I called him, and he's a big connoisseur of liquor. And he, I said, "Have you got any of this?" He's like, "You know what? I think I got a, about a half bottle of it at the house." I was like, "Can you meet me at your house?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll be there in fifteen minutes." So I take off in his Gator that he loans me for Foothills Festival, and the tour manager from the uh, Blues Traveler, and we haul ass all the way through downtown Jasper, down by Walker College, down Gamble Avenue. And all of a sudden, the guy goes, well, this is a first. And I, was like, <laughs> I said, he was from Chicago or somewhere. He was yeah. kind of a smart ass. And he, he, uh, he said, well, this is a first. I was like, you said you wanted it, so here it is. So we go in his house and get it. And he, the guy just thought it was funny, and we just went back. But Anyway, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. I, that's another thing is do you handle, like, all the riders and stuff? Like yeah. the green rooms, all that? What I do is, you know, a rider is nothing but a wish list. Yeah. Um, And so – I put a big thing like that, and I put per advance. So about two weeks prior to the show, I talked to the tour manager. I'm like, all right, what do you really need? Yeah. Because a lot of the – for instance, Jason Isbell wanted all this stuff. And back then, well, we better get everything, you know. He never even got off the bus. The only person that got off the bus was the tour manager, and we had all this, you know, hundreds of dollars of food and yep. drinks and stuff that was left over. Cause he quit drinking right before that. He stayed at my house in Austin for seven days because he was hanging out with my girl roommate. But he was <laughs> he was drinking a handle of whiskey a day and um, smoking three pack cigarettes a day at the time. But um, but he never. So from that day forward, I'm like, what do you need? I'm not I'm not providing you. I'm not providing you bus stock for you to drive down the road. You know that yeah. day. I'm providing you something. For for you here. You're not getting it. packs of tuna unlunchables that you yeah. need. Yeah, you know, <laughs> unless you're going to eat them right here. I don't want yeah. to watch you eat them. You better eat them right here. Don't take them on the bus. But Inflation, baby. It's the, <laughs> the Steelwoods tour manager, which was a nice guy, he pulled that with me. He's like, oh, we got to have bus stock. I, I, I told him, I was like, I'm going to do this for you, bro, but it's not my job to stock your bus to go to the next show. Yeah. My mm-hmm. job is to fill your boys' bellies and get them drinks here and what they need here at the show, and that's it. That's my job. Right. So so I have to get – so, yeah, make a long story short, yeah, I have to deal with all the riders, and then I get with the people from Main Street, and we have volunteers that help help provide, go get all that stuff, and which is super helpful. Thank God. Riders are a headache. I had yeah. to deal with a few of them. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, a lot of them – they put, they, they, they put stuff in there just to make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. You know, they want to make sure you're paying attention. Like a like a certain type of juice or something. Yeah. Like a certain brand. Like, yeah, we want that. <laughs> you didn't even drink it while you were here, man. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Yeah, yeah. So you handle the riders, and you write up the contracts to send to them? Well, they contract me. Well, yeah. They, yeah, they, they contract me, and I go over the contracts and sign. Well, I, I sign my part, and then the mayor signs the, yeah. the other part and we send it back and deal with the deposits and all that stuff and then I deal with the checks the day of the show and I deal I get them parked I get them in and I get them on stage I get them off stage I get them paid I get them fed I get them out of here and um, you busy man 18 hour days two 18 hour days yeah. 
I start drinking when the sun goes down, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, after, after all the tour buses are in and they're set and everybody's okay, I'm like, where's the beer? Where We're going. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 it's time to crack one. We're going. Mason, I, I Jim, go, I go, just, I go, I go missing around a, 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 a back of one of those abandoned buildings for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we got a lot of alleys go. in Jasper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you see a random camping chair just sat up in an alley, yeah. it zacks. Leave yeah. it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be occupied in about four hours. Yeah. I promise. Yeah, man, yeah. I love, I love foothills. Uh, the year Whiskey Myers and Brent Cobb and uh, Alex Williams all played, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I'm getting there at four thirty. And I'm gonna be front row center. Did Alex play that same year? Yeah, it was the Did same. It was I think it was Alex, Brent, and then Whiskey Myers. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, after ten years, I mean, it gets in eight bands, eight nine bands a year. It gets really confusing. I got <laughs> what I was looking up was I have a in my studio. I've got posters framed, and I have to look who was on each poster to remember who what artist I've had. Yeah. Um. So, who's a personal favorite you've had? That you've booked. Miles Kennedy. Yeah. That's just personal. Um, Brent Cobb's up there. Um, Robert Randolph, once they hit the stage, they were a huge pain in the ass. Um, but once they hit the stage, it was unbelievable. Miles Kennedy was kind of like a last-minute swap, wasn't it? Somebody yeah. had to cancel or something. Dirty Honey. Yeah. Uh, dirty Honey. Who? Them Dirty them dirty Roses? No. No? No. Them Dirty Roses, uh, they, they've hit me up a bunch. I used to work with them shortly uh, for for a very very short amount of time, um, they had a manager out of Gadsden, and um, I thought about throwing them on the bill, but their head their 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 no, their number one single is Cocaine and something, and I you know it's a family friendly yeah. place. I just yeah. can't have that. That's the that people chanting that shit. I'm thinking place. about Red Clay Strays. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're that's great. what they had. They couldn't make the rescheduled of it. No, they? no, they were playing. Uh, they're playing uh, the. Uh, God, the festival, something blue, Roots and Blues Festival in North Carolina. Yeah. That's what it is. They Bristol, were, Bristol, Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, they were play, playing both nights there, so they couldn't play last year. They're but good. They're really them, good. Um, their agent is a good buddy of mine, Cody Payne, and um, it, it, we got to be really close, and it was kind of a favor the first time they played, and everybody really liked them. Yeah. So, um, but they're uh, they, they are really doing really good. And, yeah. I, and the reason why I like them is that they – they don't really sound like anybody else, mm-hmm. you know. You like who they sound like? Uh, I don't know. The guy you listen guy, to. Him. Yeah, the guy looks like a tall, blonde-headed Elvis. But I, other than that, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and they're really grateful and nice, you know. And they work their ass off. Yeah, they're good guys. So now we're into this year. Yeah, September. Yeah, yeah. who we got? S- September 9th and tenth. So um, Friday night. Um, I have a guy that's kind of blowing up in Nashville. We haven't heard this yet, so all of our yeah, reactions will be, be genuine. Yeah. <laughs> um, his name's Charlie Argo. Um, he redid um, uh, the Tennessee Will that uh, that's Adam Hood's song. Yes. Um, and then I have um, I've got a band going on before him. I think I can't remember, but him, uh, Mark Broussard. Oh, get out of here. And then the headliner is Anderson East. No. Damn. Yeah. God, I'm that, so freaking amped, dude. That's the Athens-Alabama connection right there. Anderson East, we we had bought tickets to go see him at the Alabama Theater for a New Year's show. 
Something happened, and we had to sell our tickets. He's got one of the so best. Sad. Next to Zach Brown, he's got one of the best bands you'll ever see. Yes. We saw – who did – he opened up for Chris Stapleton. Oh, did he? When yeah. we saw we saw him at Tuscaloosa, and he opened up for Chris Stapleton, and ever since then, I'm like a huge fan. Yeah, he's a stud. So um, good. And he dated Miranda Lambert for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she um, might have a song written about him. I don't know. Probably, probably. <laughs> That's a fire lineup. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we jump back to last year real quick, Charlie Worsham. A lot of people sleep on Charlie Worsham. Let me tell dude you something. Dude's so about, good. Let me tell you something about that dude. Um, I, right when I moved back in 2013, I was going over to Tin Roof on Tuesday nights and playing an open jam with Brad Baker. Um, and the only reason why I did it is because I could drink beer for free and I was broke at the time. And, uh, and, trade and, and Brad would drive and I'd spend Bro- the night in his house. I was about to say, brother of a good friend. Brian. Brian. Yeah. Barry Bangers. Barry Bangers. That's our boy. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if y'all have seen them. Uh, y'all, I know y'all have seen them, but the, the listeners here, I don't know if y'all have seen them in public, but, um, and I don't know if you've seen me, but people ask me if we're related. Really? I'm like, I'm 5'6", 130. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Barry's we're not. A, Barry's a gentle giant. I yeah. can't. I can't grow a beard. <laughs> I can grow a hell of a mustache and look Mexican, but other than that, <laughs> um, I could have sworn up I've got somebody else on Friday night, but I can't remember. Um, but Saturday, I have a. There's a band um, out of Auburn called the Supper Club, and it was kind of a deal to throw them on, but uh, they're actually very good. Uh, kind of a sixty seventy throwback. I dig it. And then I have. Um, Got a lot of bands this year. Then I have um, the Wallflowers, oh, the, the Wildflowers, um, Tom Petty tribute band, mm-hmm. Jonathan Guthrie, Jonathan baby. Guthrie's, yeah, that's yeah. my, that's my, that's a boy. Yeah. We love our Smash yeah. the Boys, yeah. Uh, and then I have an Ian Moore from Austin, Texas, guitar slinger. If y'all ain't yeah. heard him, he's one of my heroes. I actually sang one of his hits to my wife at our wedding. Oh, sweet. I have to look um, him up for sure. He's yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, one of the best singers and guitar singers you'll ever hear. Um, and then I have after that I have, so I have, Supper Club, um, the Wildflowers, Ian Moore, Paul Thorne, oh. Samantha Fish. Oh, oh, she's coming. So she's coming she back. Coming. Good, sweet. And the headliners, the Drive By Truckers. Man. That's a fire That's lineup, a damn, man. Wow. Yeah. This is going to be a fun year. Yeah. So, yeah. so Saturday is pretty much an all-day affair. Friday is it's pretty like, much when everybody like, gets off work. It's like from 3.30 to 11.30. Yeah. Saturday night's usually when you have like the jam band top. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, rock, I mean, the rock night. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where yeah. it can just play a little like, over. Like Friday night, I had a Friday night I had an offering as the headliner for – and I know what I was trying to do was do something for more of a blanket demographic. I kind of felt like that I was like gearing towards people from, um, you know, 18 to 50. I was trying to catch those guys that were like my parents' age. So I had an offer in on Marshall Tucker. Um, You know, a lot of people may think that'd be kind of quirky, but man, the hits those guys have uh-huh. is ridiculous. A bunch of them. Those Dude, guys could play show. 90 minutes and probably not miss a hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought I had them locked down, but they decided to do a West Coast tour the first two weeks of, of December. Uh, I mean, excuse me, September. 
So they were out. And then I put an offer in on um, Clay Walker. And the only reason why he was on my radar is because my buddy Landon Taylor played for him for a long time from Jasper. Yeah. Uh, played guitar for him for 20 years. Um, and I knew he would be a, a big draw because of several reasons, because of that, that local connection. But um, it, the money didn't work. Money yeah. just didn't work. <clears throat> so then I started leaning a little towards, and I was like, I started listening to Anderson East, and I was like, you know, I thought he was country, but he's kind of, he's soul, man. Bluesy soul, baby. Bluesy soul. So and, good, too. And Mark Broussard's just a beast, you know. Um, I saw, I actually won tickets in like a, tw- I think it was like Twitter contest to go see Mark Broussard. Because it's on home. That's one of my favorite songs. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I Such to, a yeah. good bluesy voice. Yeah. I used to play that song with a friend of mine, songwriter, every Tuesday night in Austin with a guy named Matt Powell. He wrote $50 in a flask of crown. Y'all ever heard that song? I think so. $50 in a flask of crown. Yeah. He hates it. He said it's the worst song he's ever written. He <laughs> makes, makes, Stoney LaRue covered it. You know, Stoney yeah. from uh-huh. yeah. Austin. Yeah. He covered it. Yeah. Pretty sure. Well, that's pretty cool. Him man. and Blue Edmondson. You didn't really like pigeonhole two knots, but like, yeah, this is country and this is rock. No, I, I like I, that. I, I, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of a soul Americana blues rock. You know, you know, I the thing about it is, is that I have to, I have to, I have to take my taste out of it. You yeah. know, um, if it was if it was my festival and it was just me sitting out there in the lawn chair. And I didn't give a shit about anybody else. I'd have seven dust, and you know, uh, you know the I don't I don't the food, whoever I could afford it. <laughs> I like some rock and roll, but yeah. But I'm I'm a big fan of like people like David Ryan Harris and Dole Bramhall Jr. and Ian Moore and soulful singers and stuff like yeah. that. But um, yeah, a bunch of stuff that people don't they don't really hit here they wouldn't draw flies here but. Mm-hmm. i'm obviously wearing the shirt i wish you could have got cody jinx before he took off yeah yeah i mean i saw where I, I i thought this was hilarious because guys like him take off so quick quickly because of the you know, that fan base of of the cody jinxes and and all those guys of the world I call it the bearded world because everybody yeah. that goes see him's got a beard I, I don't <laughs> i don't have a beard big enough to hey, go and twist his barley Matt? Yeah, Matt doesn't have a beard. Matt who? Skulls. Oh, Matt, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he was at that event I had to play for Main Street last, a couple weeks ago. Um, but, um, no, he's playing somewhere, and Clint Black has opened up for him. He's playing at the Oak Mountain Amphitheater, yeah. and Clint Black's opening for him. That is mm-hmm. the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> a, that dude's a legend. Come on. Yeah. Oh, well, he's giving... I, mean, I, bet, I bet Cody Jinks. I mean, if he's got any ounce of honesty and, like, like humbleness in his in his heart, he's got to be saying, "No, come we, on, don't yeah. let's not do that. Why don't you let me open for him or whatever?" Um, I tell you what, and y'all need to look these guys up. Um, Matt Wiley turned me on to these guys, and they're called the Brothers Landreth. They're the best band I've heard in a very very long time. Um, they're from Canada. And um, they they kind of got a they they the singer is so good and he's a play slide on a lot of people's albums um, and I thought I had them um, but I forgot they were they were, that routing didn't work or something like that um, but um, 
they've got kind of a some some of their chord changes and stuff sound like Holland Oaks, which Ooh, I'm a big yeah. fan of. Yeah, and um, so and I told his agent who represents Paul Thorne and several others that I work with. His name's Paul Lohr of New Frontier, and um, I said. Dude, why did I not know about these guys? What have I got to do to get them? What have I got? He's like seventy five hundred bucks. I'm like done. What, what I, Friday night, September 9th, Let's do it. You, yeah. I'll send you the offer right now. He's like, okay. I was like, man, the first time I listened to him, I was like, they've got a a hint of hollow notes in them. He's like, and he started laughing. He said, well, you know what's funny is that John Hall is his name. Hollow notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daryl and uh. He, he said, he's a good friend of mine. We're both Pennsylvania boys. And and he said, I called him and I said, hey, man, you got to listen to this band. He's like, okay, another band you want me to listen to, blah, blah. <laughs> he's like, no, please listen to him. Just tell me what you think. He's like, all right, I'll listen to it. I'll call you tomorrow. He said, he woke me up at 730 in the morning and called me and said, I want to open up for these guys. Damn. Damn. John Oates did. Yeah. And um, so he said, you mean you want them to open up for you? He's like, no. I saw where they're playing third and Lindsley in Nashville. I want to open up for them, and he did. And these guys are so damn good. Um, their Bonnie Wright's a huge fan of them, but they're they're. I was like, I was like, why don't I know about them? Yeah. It's just like they don't come to the states very often. Yeah, you know when you when you play up in Canada, there's just it's called, it's like living in Texas. Like you can you don't have to leave the state of Texas and you can play. Yeah, constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you know. I've done it. Regional music has become a big thing. Yeah. Like every state's trying to lay their claim to some Some, different aspect of one big genre. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think the Southeast is, is in a really good place. I mean, I think there's a lot of good players within, you know, the Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia area. Um, You know, I'm not going to sit here and claim at my age that I've got my finger on the pulse of what's the hot new thing, but, I do listen to my peers that do, you know, I, you know, Boz, Shane Blackwell, he's my go-to guy in that genre. I'm like, what about this? What about, what's, I'm hearing something, got my ear to the ground about this guy. What about him? Yeah. You know, he's been on my ass about that Paul Cawthon dude, and I can't get my head around that guy. It's weird. You don't like Paul Cawthon? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to have to wear on me for a I like some but stuff. But I don't, I don't have to like it again. I don't have yeah. to like I'll be honest with you. I mean, nobody's going to hear this outside of, you know, around. I don't care for the drive-by truckers either. But yeah. they're going to be a huge draw. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike them, but it's, they don't, it's not like, you know, it's kind of like, this is like blasphemy. I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan either. Same. But they're kind of like the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it. They really are. Um, but, again, not to say that they're not amazingly talented. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I, it's okay for me to say it ain't my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say that all day long. That's That's mean, a, that mean they're not good. just means that I don't care. It ain't for you. Listen. It ain't for me. You know, you said something profound earlier that well, festivals. That's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I've never heard that. that fe- like, the festivals are people on the way up or on the way out. And in this world today, when they're on the way up, you better give them in the first like six to eight months because they're going up quick. Well, yeah. And, you know, and, to, and I don't know if y'all have noticed, but up until the last couple of years, 
you know, those bands like Little Texas, Shenandoah, Travis Tritt, all those folks like that, I could have got any of those bands for five grand. Don't tell me that. Now, but 90s country and 90s rock, like Candlebox, Fuel, all those guys, $3,500 three or four years ago. Now they're 15, 20, 25, 30. Social media, It's baby. just 90s is coming back around. Yeah. And it's, it's 90s country and it's 90s rock. Yep. I mean, you know, I got lucky when I got fastball this past year. The only reason why I got them is because we used to play with them in Austin all the time because yeah. they're Austin guys. Um, I think I overpaid for them anyway, but I, you know, my, 10 grand, you know. My no, uncle. No, I didn't pay that for them. No, I didn't. Never mind. I can't speak numbers on here. I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> my <laughs> uncle runs a promotion company up in Ringgold, Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, they booked Travis Tritt, and he took his picture of Travis, and I was really jealous. I was like, damn it, if I'd have went to that show. I could have gotten, I could have met Travis Tritt, my, my hero. My wife and I went and saw him at the Alabama Theater solo. All his solo acoustic not shows? The, not this last time, but I, but the first time he came, it was about a year ago. And he was so good. The only thing I had about it is that he he's, he spoke a lot. And I like I like to hear artists too, yeah. speak between songs. Uh, song. Paul Thorne's one of those. I would almost rather hear him speak than hear him play songs because he's yeah. hilarious and you know he's always got something interesting to say. Travis, to me, kind of seemed like everything he had to say was scripted, almost yeah. like a comedian that he says the same thing at every mm-hmm. show in between certain songs. Yeah. And it was like long, the- and it was long, and everything <laughs> it was all about you know it was all about patriotism and which I love, but I felt like it was almost. A little, a little dis- disingenuous. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's too forced. Kind of yeah. like when he was like, I'm pretty sure we were at the same show then because like when he was talking about shooting the video with all the veterans, yes. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like just long winded. I'm like, come on, Travis. I came to listen to you play yeah, your music. Man, don't bum me out. You know. I saw him at Rock the South, and that's the only time I've seen him with a full band. Every other time I've seen him has been solo acoustic, and I'm not mad at it. He probably makes more money. He, you know, he does. Man. Yeah, he I mean, sell he sold out the Alabama Theater multiple years in a row. I bet he. I, I mean, you know, I can I can tell you the you know about the house nut on a, on the Alabama Theater, and he sold it out. And I, I don't know what'd you pay for your ticket. We were about fifth row. We were like twentieth. So I mean, they was, ch- tickets weren't cheap. He probably made six figures that night. Yeah, you know, by himself. I think ours were sixty or seventy bucks a piece. Yeah, I mean, you know, this place holds twenty two hundred people. Something. Yeah. Like Which. Yeah. Seen Cody Jinks at the Alabama Theater. That was rowdy. That was probably the rowdiest I've ever seen the Alabama Theater. Well, except for Corey Smith. Corey Smith made it pretty rowdy. I saw the Black Crows there. It's pretty rowdy. I love rowdy. Yeah. Now, when you start fighting, I don't like that. That's not rowdy. Well, now, I I will say this. It never fails when my wife and I go to a show and we're front row or something like that. And it's you want to hear them talking or you want to really hear everything. I got two drunk girls behind me. They're just... Yeah, they think they're at Rock the South. Have you ever watched How I Met Your Mother? But they're at the Alabama Theater. We had those at Travis Tritt's concert. And they almost, I thought they got kicked out. We had people ask us to sit down because I was like, no, you stand your old ass up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever watched How I Met Your Mother? Oh, yeah. You know, Woo Girls? That The Woo Girls were like always wooing and stuff. I haven't seen them. I haven't watched it a bunch, but I know. Talking about Doogie Hauser? Yeah. Yeah. They, They have an episode about Woo Girls who are always wooing about just stupid, petty things. I'm like, those are the people I hate to be. They can say anything. It's like, woo! Yeah. yeah. I hate being behind, like yeah. them being behind me at a concert. Hey, I, 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 y'all guys hold up. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bite my fingernails. Woo! 
Yeah, yeah. I, I just farted on it, dude. Woo! Yeah. You know, it's like, I hate that. Yeah. But you've, like, uh, somebody asked me today, are you going to Rock the South? And I was like, look, Co Wetzel and Morgan Waller are there, and I love both of those guys, but you could not pay me to go to Rock the South. No. I went, I think Brittany and I went twice, and I was like, I'm never going back, especially now that they moved to that farm. I hear it's a rough experience. Yeah, I hear. But I mean, if you stand in line to get a beer, you better go, just hop back in line. Mm. You don't miss the I mean, show. People, people die. People have died. Yeah. Like heat exhaustion, getting ran over. Yeah. Like no, thank you. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm see, again, you're you're gonna hate me, and you kick me out of this house real quick. Co Wetzel, I can't hop on that chain. Really? I don't, I don't know why people like it so much. And I, is he, is he making fun of himself or trying to be sexy? Let me tell you, I he's just love it. Must get on really. I love it. I can't God, get enough of it. I see, I talk. Oh God. I, I, my, he just think, I think just, his arrogance drives me crazy. I think it's a mixture of both. You think he's trying to be just funny? Yeah, I, I hope he is. Otherwise, I think he's trying, to be, I think he's trying to be funny. He's just a goofball by being a, the fat, sexy guy. But yeah. let me tell you, the guy sells a lot of tickets, and like he's done it in a very short amount of time. I know, I know his agent Chad Cadelka at Red Eleven in, in Austin. Yeah, and he represents him. He pushed me, pushed him on me about two years ago. I was like, I've never heard his name, don't know him. And I said, if I don't know him in town, nobody else does. Yeah, uh, and um, I did. But but you know it yeah. may have been it may have been three years ago, but not enough people right yeah to substantiate paying you know ten twelve grand. But now right. he's probably hell ain't no telling. He's probably six figures now. He sold know. out. He sold out Avondale and Tuscaloosa Amphitheater in like two months apart. Yeah. So he popped he popped off quick too. That's the thing. Social media man, it just makes people just like Zach Bryan. Yeah. When Shane and I first discovered him, dude was playing his songs in front of a campfire. Just making getting, videos, getting like two hundred, maybe four hundred likes a post, and now yeah, he's within what six months, maybe sold out Auburn mm-hmm. Rodeo. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it went quick. Yeah, I mean, it's different times, you know. I mean, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't plan. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, act like I know. Yeah, you know, but I do know. I, I, you know, I do talk. To guys like y'all, and, yeah, and 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 in that this genre because that genre is hot, man. Yeah, you know, I, I had I have I had to do an interview at the paper the other day, and she's like, "What what do you think's hot right now?" I was like, "You know, everybody that I know, I mean, I never hear anything about any any new rock or any new this. It's all this this Texas red dirt, you know. And, shred, and, and do, let me tell Texas you something, shred, shred dirt. dirt. Yeah, and let me tell you something. When I lived in Austin. And I, you know, all the guys from Reckless Kelly and Mickey and Motorcars and, and Randy uh, Rogers and all those guys, they were for some reason they were always off on Tuesday nights. And I had a band called the Twalls, which with with a bunch of hotshot songwriters we played would do a song swap, and they would all come out. Um, all the Braun brothers from from Mickey and Motorcars and, and and Reckless Kelly, they'd all come out. And you got that shit, that that all that stuff, and it's not that I didn't like it, but I got so tired of hearing, "Hey, you like?" Blah, 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 blah. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over it, man. Yeah. I'm over it. I love records. So family. then it was like, and I, though they're great, dude. Those guys yeah. have been road dogging it for a very long time, mm-hmm. very long time. I think they they kind of for for the new Texas red dirt music, they are the trailblazers yeah. for it. I'm telling you, they've been doing it a very long time. The and they're, they're all from Idaho. Yeah. You know, those boys are from Idaho. Hey, Idaho's country, baby. Yeah. But, you know, um, but 
it, it, it was just crazy because I, I moved here in 2013. And like four years later, they're like, hey, you ever, you ever heard of Reckless Kelly? I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's but, crazy because like Randy Rogers opens up for Cody Jinks sometimes. And Randy, Randy, Randy was one of the acts that um, actually one of the few Red Dirt acts in, out of Austin that turned more Nashville than the rest of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really did. Um, yeah. Him. Wade Bowen did a little bit, but. I still like Wade Bowen. Randy did big time. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, we got in a, we got in a pissing match at, at, we are playing at a place called Lucy's one time. And, and I was just making small talk with him. I was on my break, and he's like, we're standing there watching the ball game. That's when Alabama was just killing, you know, and they beat Texas the year before in the national championship when they hurt the quarterback. I was like, what do you think this year, Randy? He's like, I said, what do you, he's like, what do you mean? I said, Alabama, LSU. He said, I don't really give a shit. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm into baseball. I was like, you know what? You you still pissed off about the Texas game, aren't you? Yep. He's like, you don't want to go there. I was like, no, let's go there. Let's go. Let's talk about it. And we we got, we got kind of hot with each other here for a minute. <laughs> but then when I was in Nashville, they rode in, and uh, me and the bass player got to be just just buddies, you know, chops. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were playing some outdoor thing, and we hung out. I, I walked on. I, he said, "Come on, get on the bus." I was like, "Okay, I don't know." Last time I saw Randy, we almost got in a fight. I rolled up, and he, he's sitting there, he looks up and goes, hey, man. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing on the bus? Kind of thing. No, it was cool. But Oh, real quick. We skipped over um, the Charlie Warsham thing. So yeah. Charlie Warsham, and this is the reason why my gauge of what's the be- the next big thing in country music, why I don't know. Because I apparently don't know what country music listeners like anymore. Yeah, it's either bro pop country or it's either Cody Jinx or the or the you know that air. The mid that what middle is there? The Char- Charlie Warsham is I thought was gonna fill that void, and the first time I saw him was at like I was telling you I was going on Tuesday nights to play that uh, open jam. Well, we would play. They would have a, a a national artist playing outside on Tuesdays, and then when they quit, we would play inside. Well, that night it happened to be Charlie Warsham. So I walked out there, and um, I saw this good-looking kid. You know, he's out there wearing it out. And his voice sounded like Vince Gill, and I was like, okay, I'm digging it. I'm yeah. digging it. And he's wearing out an acoustic guitar, and he stands on the, the, the subs, and this guy holds, and he's doing a Beatles medley. And this guy holds out a beer bottle. And he's like, "Woo!" And he grabs that beer bottle, and finishes it, and turns it upside down, and plays slide on it, and wears it out, and then hands it back to him. And I went, "Who the hell is this Damn. kid?" Yeah. Boy, talk about stage presence. So, uh, and I, when he walked off, I was like, "Dude, I just moved that back from Nashville. Thank you for bringing country back." I was like, "You are, I, you're so good, man." Yeah. And then when I found, I I was like, "Why is he not so big, man?" But you know, he was playing. He kind of got popular for a while. He did. He was playing. He was doing some stints on tour with Eric Church. Apparently, yeah. playing guitar for Eric Church. Yeah. Dude, he's a stud guitar player, and uh, and uh, next to Alex Williams, I mean, it probably is as good. 
the sweetest guy. I mean, most appreciative. You yeah. know, you can tell he's not getting out playing much. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know why people don't get that he's just a badass. He really is. Pe- but people just slip on some of the good ones sometimes. I think. I think it's just too good. You know. Yeah. It's over. It's over some people's radar. You know. Yeah. You know they want to listen to some dumb shit. You know they want to hear that. I call it the Kmart mentality. <laughs> yeah. You know. They want to hear. They want to hear. You know. Put, you know. Put your kick your. You know. Your, your Daisy Dutes on. And you put <laughs> your boots on my dashboard. And that, they want yeah. to hear that same shit. You know. And and he's not that guy. No. He's, that's what I liked about him. He's very. He's like Vince Gill reborn. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Like like I said, I, I, apparently I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. So, you leave. September passes. The hills is over. You take October off and you start working again in November, bucking people. Yeah, I mean, it, realistically, my my wheels never stop turning. Um, you know, I'm always doing research, but I don't really call that work. But yeah. um, um, you know, we don't release. I don't. I don't announce until mid May. I kind of keep that as 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 my staple. But because, um, even though. I've got offers out and we've confirmed email wise. I'm not going to announce until I have contracts signed. Yeah. Point being, um, uh, last year, last year yeah. when I had, and I stuck my foot in my mouth too. I'm going to make this very short, but I had dirty honey. Um, who they're incredible. <clears throat> um, and we came to a number um, and, um, I was like, okay, where's my paper? Where's my paper? Alec Vidmar, where's my paper? And they kept, I, I wasn't getting any emails back. You know, when I finally I called him, I said, Hey, what's the deal? I need, uh, give me a contract so I can get it done. I'll get you a deposit. Must be done with it. So I can, you know, you know, and it was done basically. And he, he said, well, you know, I was going to call you. Um, we're not going to be able to do the date. I'm like, um, these shirts go to print tomorrow with their name on them. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, well, they got the Black Crows tour. I was like, hey, I get it. I understand. I get it. I don't, yeah. I, you know, they go perfect with the Crows. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't blame them at all. They're probably going to make more in merch in one night than they're going to make on a guarantee at my show. But I was like, why didn't you, you know, at least you could have told me that this was going on. So it kind of put me between a rock and a hard place, but um, I ended up getting Miles Kennedy, which worked out anyway. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Yeah, um, worked out anyway. So, um, yeah, so a lot of times, like this year, I had the whole lineup done in February. Sick. Um, just booked, signed, completed. No, no. I mean, it was done, um, confirmed. But I mean, I've still got, I've still got a couple contracts that are out that aren't fully executed, but they're done. I mean, yeah. it's done. Mm-hmm. May eighteenth was the announced date. So there you go. Um, it'll be on. I mean, it was on. So it was on social media and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it for. Real. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Bring it. Quick point about the Cadillac Three that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, first time I ever saw Whiskey Myers, two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. They were called the Cadillac Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we they, played. We played with them during South by Southwest when they were 
Yeah, yeah. They yeah. opened for Whiskey Myers at Zydeco. Yeah. And there was maybe 50 people there. Well, you know, we played with them when they were, um, there was something before, they were Amer- American Bang, they were called American Bang, they were called Cadillac Black, and they were called the Cadillac Three. Yeah. We played with them when they were the first two names during South by Southwest. We ran into each other because this, this uh, guy, this agent at CAA in Nashville called Brian Waymire, um, booked us during in the same places during South by Southwest. But um, they were playing work play in the back room, the big room, sound, sta- yeah, sound, sound stage, stage that holds about 800 people standing. Yeah. And I told my wife, I was like, She's the one that knows how to get online and do them. I'm not all that good about it. I was like, get tickets now. I love these guys. It's going to sell out quick. May have been 125 people there. Yeah. But, but, God, and I, and I work plays a perfect place, especially the theater. You know, I love the theater. You don't have, you, there's not a room there that's suited for that type of some action. They don't, long story short, they don't promote at all. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of shows that's been through there, and I was like, "What? How in the hell did I not know about that?" You know, you know, the guy that bought it is Tom Williams from Tom Williams Buick, and I just think he's got it for a tax write-off. Yeah, I hope he don't listen. To you can, you can take it. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I like the guy; he's a super nice guy, but he don't do shit to promote it at mm-hmm. all. When I worked so. with uh, Ruben and Michael Warren, they worked out of work play, so I, know, I was yeah. there every day. Yeah, I know Michael. Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. Uh. He lives in Nashville now. He he's got he signed a pub deal. Did he? A few months ago. Yeah. I know he went to DJ in there for a while. Um John Dodd was playing drums with him. He, <laughs> he, he kept riding my ass. He's the next big thing, man. He's not, you need to book him for foothills. I was like, dude, everybody that you play with is the next big thing. <laughs> he always said that. John Dodd's my cousin. Hey, I love John I Dodd. I love John Dodd. I, hey, on that Tuesday nights, those Tuesday night jam things, he was the drummer. He played at Tin Roof. He played drums for Sean Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. They opened up for Chase Rice yep. at Zydeco one night. And I just went back and hung out with John Dodd. Yeah. And I got to meet Chase Rice before he blew up and then fell off. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Yeah. That's, yeah got too poppy. Did he? Didn't he write Shine? By- he wrote, no, he wrote Cruise. Cruise, not yeah. Shine. Yeah, he, wrote, What's the he wrote Cruise and then just <laughs> potato, tomato, here, really. <laughs> tomato, tomato. He, he, had, he had a lot of sour grapes with uh, Floor George Line over that. Really? Yeah. I bet he got screwed on some publishing. I, yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. Pub deals are always weird. Yeah. I was told, I was told by some, you know, if you, if you, single-handedly write a number one hit and you don't have to pay like Carnival Publishing and Frank Liddell or, uh, you know, and, and you just write it and sell it to the artist that it hits number one. It's by 1.6 mailbox money. Yeah. You know, so you can imagine what kind of money Chris Stapleton's got coming in. Yeah. Boy. On top know. of everything else. And boy, Hardy's probably raking in pretty heavy, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the guy that looks like, yeah. I know, yeah looks I know like he, Shane? Yeah. Well, it looks, like, yeah, he's got the <laughs> trucker hat and green shoes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shane had long hair. It's just weird. Yeah. Shane's Hardy. Uh, okay. I call Shane Walmart Hardy. 
Oh, Mark Hardy. <laughs> I just can't get I can't get with that look. It's the weirdest thing. They all look like hip hop artists, and then they come out and they're like, <laughs> I kind of like it. I, I, it's it's totally different. It's man. our generation paying homage to the last one. Apparently, yeah, yeah and that's okay with me. Yeah. I don't have to get it. I don't, you know. Was well, that just to reiterate the dates of Foothills Festival and Septem- the times? September 9th and 10th. Uh, Friday night, it'll start around 5 6 o'clock. Everything's going to be, you know, a 30 minute, give or take. And then um, Saturday, I think it starts around 3 30. Um, so. It's going to be an all-day thing. And all our breweries and restaurants are going to be open. Everybody will be open. Um, so go take care of everybody. Go see all the yes. vendors. I mean, uh, the um, the uh, the food court is going to be at the same place like they did last year. They're keeping them all in the same spot down there on the, the parking lot in between McGeehee and um, City Hall. Yeah. Right there. I thought by Jasper Ball and Tap. Yeah, uh, by Jasper Bottle, behind Jasper Bottle and yeah. Tap, and across from the cigar box. And then if you see an alley with a camping chair, that's Zach's, and don't sit in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Leave yeah. it be. Don't Leave. touch the cooler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about pulling a camper down there, sitting it somewhere, and just calling it that, saying it's a vendor, and let it just sleep there. See, the biggest thing I push with Foothills, when especially when I have friends from out of town come yeah. in, I'm like, go visit these people. The vendors, the restaurants, the sure. beer stores, et cetera. Yeah. Because honestly, these people thrive for foot. Like mm-hmm. they'll make a year's worth of income on foothills on two days. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there, there's not. A, let's be honest. You know, there's not a whole lot of there. There. Well, let's let's. There's 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 a lot of people in in this town that can't afford to go on vacation. Can't afford a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. You know, tickets. Mm-hmm. You don't pay twenty dollars to go to a concert to a major artist anymore. That Not shit's anymore. that shit's gone. So people can't afford that. So those type of folks, you know, that work their ass off where they're where wherever they work in Jasper and, and pay taxes here. This is their yearly thing for them. Uh, and this is kind of why I do it. Yeah. And um so we got to, you know, we, yeah, we got to make sure it's right for those those people. I think the the best people are the ones that try to give that back into their community. And even though it's more of a festival side, you're trying to give back. You give these people two nights of a vacation, well, like I, you said. I, and I love, I, I don't care spending money during Foothills weekend. Yeah. That's one of the times where I'm like, I may spend $400 over two nights and I don't care. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I may get, buy a band t-shirt. Like, yeah. you know, and then go see all my friends. Well, go to Oak Mountain and buy you a $13 beer and uh, yeah, and exactly. a T-shirt and tickets and you're $400 in one night. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see Jim and Mason and Drew and Josh and only spending $6 for a beer yeah. that I can take to the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just wor- it works out. Everything works out perfectly. You yeah. can go right across the street. Like, I remember Johnny Brusco's, like, they do, like, in Warehouse, they do beer deals. It's oh, like yeah. three dollars for a beer, man. That's where I always go. I, I walk across the street to Johnny Briscoe's because I can get in and out. Yeah, you know, it's just like a little quick thing because I don't drink the artist beer. <laughs> I could, yeah. but no, no, I'm not really supposed to. <laughs> not that I haven't, but oh no, those green room beers slap because they're free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some of them. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I can't well, wait. Well, thank you, thank you. I am too, man. And I, I think you've too. booked a hell of a lineup for this yeah, year. I agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anderson East. That's going to be a... Yeah. I'm a huge Anderson East I think fan. there's going to be a lot of ladies there for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. 
Yeah, and Mark Broussard as well. I yeah, think Mark Broussard. I, I think a lot of girls like the, the. He's got a. He's got a. He's got a baby making voice. Yeah. yeah, both of them do. They do. And just so you know, you gotta live up to Miranda Lambert standards with yeah. Anderson. Yeah, and Charlie Argo, man, y'all need to look up Charlie Argo. He's got a really good soulful voice. Um, he reminds me of Anderson a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you check him out, but uh, he's a good kid. He's good, but uh, and yeah. I think man, it's going to do well. Man, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me, man. Man, Thank I you. appreciate you coming. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Thanks so uh, much. Folks, come out to Foothills. Find Shane and I. Yep. We'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> come find Zach. Tell him thank you. Any, <laughs> if you see anybody that works for the city of Jasper during Foothills, tell them thank you because this is a free, 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 free 99 event. Mm-hmm. Free 99. Spend money at vendors. Spend money at restaurants, breweries, beer stores, anywhere. Just spend your local. money there, and you're going to keep it Foothills free. I promise. Yep. That's right. Zach, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you Thank coming. You, man. Thank I you. love your story. Appreciate I love you, the inside in the music business. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank I you, love man. that. Thank you. Folks, if that jar is not empty, pass that thing around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you, and we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar. Later.